for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Welcome to another beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. We're into hour number two here at Rosie on the House. This is our on the house hour where we spend the whole hour talking about something on your home castle or cabin and we've got with us this morning we've got dave burns from green id and we're going to be talking about thermostats for your air conditioning unit the role that they play in your home's uh energy efficiency we've got summer coming if you're new to arizona welcome uh, fastest growing uh county in america at the moment it kind of varies up and down you know i i wouldn't mind if we were the last in that category but that's not the case we're the first so welcome and you're in for a long hot summer but we can make it manageable and uh dave's here to talk to us about you know how how we can uh help keep cool dave thanks and welcome back to the broadcast i, I don't know what was this your sixth seventh eighth time uh, i'm not sure i i haven't been counting but uh it's always good to be here i love it well, thank you, and we always appreciate the knowledge and information you bring into the program. Before we get to the specifics of the thermostat that we have laid out today, what uh, why don't we talk through all the components of the air conditioning system? Because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot, uh, a lot more than just the thermostat, the box, the ducts. I mean, all these things have to work together to work right. efficiently. Yeah, exactly. So you, you have your return where you change your filter every month. That sucks the air in. And and mm-hmm. if somebody just thought, what? Change my filter every month? What am I talking about? <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one of the most simple things that you could do as a homeowner just to maintain your AC, uh, change your filter. Um, and the more frequently you do it, it's not going to hurt anything. Even if the filter says it's good for three months, in our summer, you may have to replace it every month. Uh, if you have animals or it's getting a lot of use, uh, you just may want to take a peek and check and compare a new one versus the one you have up in uh, in the ceiling. And it doesn't hurt anything to change it more frequently. We try and tell everybody, just change it every time you pay your electric bill. Yes, that's perfect. Use that as a trigger to remind yourself to go change your air filter there. A few bucks, a good one. You know, you don't want a super cheap one, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't want a super expensive one. Uh, the 4 or $5 range per filter every single month will do more for mm-hmm. extending the life of your air conditioning unit than anything else you as a homeowner can do. Exactly, yeah. And uh, so that uh, return will suck all the air in the house and put it back through Uh, your uh, condenser coil, the evaporator coil, and cool that air by removing the heat from the house. And uh, once it goes through that refrigeration cycle, the air comes out of your supply, um, and that's where you feel your hair blowing back. That's going to blow all the air out and keep uh, keep the house comfortable um, in the summertime. Your thermostat will talk to your... uh, your unit by sensing the temperature. So um, it's kind of overlooked because a builder will just put a thermostat in a location and uh, we you know, rarely think about changing the location of it. 
And um, it's one of the things that can affect the comfort of the house um, and how well the unit is actually sensing what temperature it is in the home. Now, the air coming in to your home from the register, so you've got the register and the return. Mm. You know, the return is what's sucking it in. The register is what's blowing the air out. Yes. There's a specific temperature difference that we look for in the in and the out to make sure the unit's operating correctly. That's right, yeah. And uh, in AC uh, checkups, we call that the approach method. So we want a 15-degree to 20-degree temperature split between the air coming in, the return, and the supply air coming out. And that's kind of a, a quick and dirty way to check uh, the charge of the system, see if there's restrictions, or just get a quick uh, overall health of the unit. Um, and, and if you've got a bad thermostat placement, that could significantly change that. Yeah, that's right. And so everything in between um, the supply and return uh, will affect you know, how, com- how comfortable you are. If there's leaks in the ductwork up in the attic, that's going to lose some efficiency in the system. Uh, if your thermostat is um, in a direct beam of sunlight, then that's going to affect you know, what it's actually reading. So it, um, all those things matter on uh, just the comfort of the house. We get a lot of questions about, well, my, my living room is five degrees warmer than uh, my bedrooms. And it could be because uh, that thermostat is placed in, in a bad area. It, you don't know until um, we actually go in and test it. But uh, I have some kind of do's and don'ts for thermostat placement here. Um, that we can go over and a homeowner can kind of go through and check, make sure they got their thermostat in the right place. And we'll get to those, but mm. to your point about the one room being five degrees often different than the other one, the return air could be blowing out and tell the thermostat, okay, the ambient temperature is 72 degrees. Well, no, around the corner... It's 78 degrees. It hasn't cooled the whole home yet, but because of the way that the return air is blowing in the registers placed, it's tricking it to thinking it's cooler than it really is, so it shuts off. And then it turns on again quickly because the air stops blowing, and it realizes, well, it's warmer and I need to kick back on. And that overuse of your compressor is really something that'll rack up your energy bills. To run the air conditioning unit, it's not a big expense. It's starting the compressor, that that draw of electricity that it needs to start is really what uh, will rack up your cooling costs. It you, you could probably run one for an hour and cost just as much as one starting five times in an hour and only running for two minutes. Oh, totally. I, I yeah. don't know the exact numbers on that, but you know, it, it's it's more efficient for it to run than to start and start and start and start. Oh, yeah. That, that's the big energy draw is when you're starting and stopping again. Just to get that compressor going takes a lot of energy. And once it's up and running, you're, you're kind of smooth sailing down the roller coaster. So you want to avoid um, that short cycling as much as possible. 
And with variable speed compressors now, mm. once it's started, it will regulate how hard it needs to work. So it, you know, where a compressor used to just have one speed, now they've got multiple speeds. So if it doesn't need to work at 100%, it only needs to work at 20%, that's what it will do. But it still has to start up. Yeah, that's right. That's the beautiful thing about those variable speed compressors is it only gives what you need and it minimizes the starting and stopping um, where you get some of that energy savings. So what we'll do um, is when we we'll go through all of Dave's, you've got your little uh, play by the rule book here on your thermostat placement. We'll go through all of these and you, the Arizona homeowner, if you're home, We'll let you get to your thermostat, and as we go through these, you can check off. Do any of these items apply to me? And if so, okay, so how do I then find a new placement for it? Can I move it myself? Um, is that something that's easy, or uh, is that something I need to call in a professional to come and do? So we'll be talking you through that here in the broadcast, but one more important component about your uh, air conditioning system that we need to make sure we mention is, and and we talked about this last week when when Rius was in, but making sure you have it checked. I mean, we change our oil. I I think the Valvoline or Pennzoil and you know Mobile One that they, they've done a great job of branding and training us to change our oil every three thousand miles. There isn't that kind of ongoing branding for the air conditioning that we need to have it checked twice a year and you know your air conditioning unit i would venture to say for most of us runs more time wise than you are running your vehicle yeah and just to just to kind of make sure everything's okay and uh if something's going out it's nice to catch it on the downslide rather than uh, have it break and potentially cause more problems down the road and an emergency call and Right now, when the supply chain's a little dis- disrupted, you know, mm-hmm. parts aren't as readily available as they have been in the past. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, you may be in a situation where you're in a waiting game for the parts to arrive to be installed to fix your unit. So one more advantage to catching that ahead of time, you know, that preventative maintenance and making sure you don't end up because uh, – I, you know, what is it right now? Nine, about nine, 18, almost nine, 18. If you went to your electrical cabinet right now mm-hmm. and shut the whole thing off, air conditioning or even just your air conditioning unit, but you just shut it off. I bet you before bottom of the hour news break at 932 when we're back, they'd already be flipping it back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine waiting for a couple days to flip that back on because the parts are, you know, yeah. en route to uh, to Phoenix yeah. or Tucson or whatever part of Arizona you live in. So getting that preventative maintenance checked twice a year as we're changing the compressor's job from heating to cooling, making sure that everything's in, in proper working order, that's a responsibility every homeowner needs to, you know, whether you – you know, put a reminder in a physical calendar, whether you schedule a reminder in your Home Zada app that you can get at rosieonthehouse.com, whether you uh, schedule it ahead of time with your air conditioning company so that 
when they finish your spring checkup, you already scheduled your fall checkup, whatever the case may be, that's something that every homeowner needs to be responsible for. I say it's too hot in her. I'm going to change the temperature. She says it's too cold in her. She going to change the temperature. In studio with Dave Burns of Green ID, and we're talking about air conditioning systems as it relates to your thermostat. Dave, let's start diving into your uh, rules here for thermostat placement. If you get our weekly email newsletter, you probably already got a preview to this information. So consider yourself ahead of the curve, but we're going to elaborate on them a little bit more. Number one is uh, don't place your thermostat in a beam of sunlight. And this is... uh, Probably not obvious if uh, you don't spend a lot of time at home, but with COVID and working from home, uh, a lot of times I've seen uh, as the sun passes through um, maybe a stairwell window, um, it'll put the beam uh, not on the thermostat right away, but towards the afternoon or uh, at some point of the day, you'll get a beam of sunlight getting closer and closer to that thermostat. And that gives some false readings because your thermostat is actually um, thinking it's hotter in the house than it actually is. And uh, it's more common than, than you think. And that can vary on the time of year as well, just because, you know, right now it may not. But as we go into the summer and, you know, the, the sun shifts where it's higher, the placement right? in the sky, mm-hmm. it could adjust where the light's shining into your home. You know, we we see that a lot is the security beams on garage doors at certain times of the year the sun shining and the beam mm. and it is it, it's overpowering the other beams so people can't close their garage door when at a certain time in the morning because the sun is shining right into that beam so it's you know that problem will go away in a couple of weeks as the sun and earth shift in its natural rotation so just because you don't see it right now uh, doesn't mean that it's not going to be a potential problem at a certain time of the year. Yes, that's right. And uh, even a mirror could reflect the sun at a weird angle into that thermostat too. So, And does that apply to other artwork as well? Like, uh, if you've... I would think so, yeah. If it reflects the sun, um, it could reflect it back into that thermostat area. Yeah, sure. So rule number one, watch for placement of of light beams entering your home skylights windows doors stairwell windows Mm. mirrors reflecting you know whatever the case may be watch and don't just go there look at it right now and assume okay i'm fine the sun changes placement all day long and every day it's just a little bit different so time of day time of year could affect that so that's something we need to make sure we're looking for is light infiltration into the home All right, number two. Uh, Don't place your thermostat on an exterior wall. And uh, this isn't uh, so prevalent, uh, except if you maybe had the house remodeled or someone come in and uh, move the thermostat location. But uh, that exterior wall is going to get more heat gain, obviously, than your interior walls. So it's going to, again, sense that false reading. It's the same thing with... uh, caulking around that gap where the thermostat wire comes down the wall, you want to close that up um, just so your thermostat is truly sensing the inside temperature and not really anything else, not from the attic or uh, an outside wall. 
And you said, yeah, I've never seen it, but it's on the list. So obviously you've seen it. That's right. Yeah. And it was more when the house is, is remodeled, it'll go on an exterior wall, uh, you know, by someone that doesn't know what they're doing or just uh, second, second, um, uh, they weren't thinking about it. A lot of the, you know, John F. Long homes, the older homes in the historic districts, you know, a lot smaller and a lot more rooms. And it's very popular to go into those homes in a remodel and take out a lot of walls. Mm. And that may be, you know, like you're saying, the air conditioning contractor's not in there doing the demolition. It's somebody else. And like, oh, we'll just move it here and get it out of the way because we're taking this wall out and maybe never think to go back and change it or uh, remove it. Hey, it's working there fine. We'll just leave it there. So Yes, yeah. So making sure your thermostat is not on an exterior wall. Not saying it's on the outside of your home, but it's on a wall that is uh, goes to the exterior. Yes, and that includes uh, a shared garage wall. So um, that would be considered an exterior wall also. So that's number one and number two. Number three? Uh, don't place your therm- uh, your thermostat in the flow of uh, your supply register, so in the airflow. Um, you want to avoid that because it's going to sense uh, a colder in the summertime temperature than it actually is in the house. So if uh, your thermostat is kind of in the pathway of airflow, um, it's probably a little bit off sensing a colder temperature than it actually is. And we talked about that in the first segment and how that will trick your air conditioning into thinking, okay, it's cool enough, I've done my job, shut off. Two minutes later, it's like, okay, I need to kick back on because I'm already back up to 78 degrees and kick on. And real quick, the air coming in is should be 15 to 20 degrees colder than the air that it's sucking in. So it can give you a fast reading real quick if it's in that airflow. Mm-hmm. And that was that entire conversation we had about you know, the cost of running your air conditioning, sucking the uh, turning the air compressor on and off, on and off, on and off. So make sure it's not in the airflow. Now, does that apply to the return as well or just the supply side? It's more the supply because that's going to have a direct um, air pathway on that thermostat. We're talking with Green ID. We'll be back right after this. Continuing our conversation here in our On the House Hour of Rosie On the House with Dave Burns of Green ID. And before we get to the next rule and thermostat placement, you guys are offering a $49 energy audit to listeners. Yeah, that's right. Uh, They're normally $99 and uh, we'll go in and do a top to bottom test of the home, give you a priority list of what's the biggest bang for your buck for energy savings, uh, comfort fixes if you have a hot or colder room, a full audit, you know, that includes the attic inspections, uh, blower door test and pressure test, infrared camera scan, um, and the report uh, for $49. And we'll talk in the last segment about all the benefits of an energy audit. Green ID, your website? It's yourgreenid.com. And uh, no one's in the office this weekend. Uh, if you give us a call, uh, please leave a message and uh, we'll call you back uh, Monday or Tuesday. Thermostat placement. Rule number four. 
is uh, a, a tricky one, and it's don't put your thermostat in the hallway. And that's because who spends time in the hallway? You want the thermostat sensing the temperature where you're spending the most amount of time and uh, an average temperature of the house. Um, no one is in the hallway hanging out. You know, we're we're in our TV rooms, our family rooms, uh, and that's where we spend our time. That's where you want it to be uh, comfortable and in a true 78 degrees if that's what you want your thermostat set to. Um, that's an interesting one because I can't tell you how many homes have thermostats in the hallway. Uh, Dad's house, thermostat in the hallway. The home office, thermostat in the hallway. <laughs> right, right. And and it may be hard to move that thermostat outside the hallway, but even if you could get it uh, a couple feet down the hallway towards that living area that you spend your time in, that's going to have an impact on uh, better temperature sense uh, sensing than uh, right under the return. And the hallway, thinking through this, is probably generally the coolest spot in the home because it's in the center of the home. It's, you know, insulated from the outside wall, the bedroom wall, the bathroom wall, you know, it's it's all the way to the center of the home. So it's probably the coolest there naturally anyway. And if your thermostat's there and it's adjusting to that already cool temperature, your other rooms are going to naturally be warmer. Yeah, that's right. And it, it doesn't take a, a whole lot to move that thermostat uh, probably we have to go in the attic um, and fish uh, fish the wire up um, and uh, drill a new hole down uh, one of the top plates closer to the hall or the uh, outside the hall. Um, and that's not not a huge deal typically unless there's no attic. But it's it's a, a kind of one that you don't think about because you always see that thermostat in the hallway. But you never spend time there, so it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be beneficial to move it. And we'll talk more about moving your thermostat, but let's get through the last mm. two points here real quick. Number five. Okay, uh, it's not placing <clears throat> your thermostat in the kitchen, uh, and this is because that kitchen will generate a lot of heat from cooking using the oven and the stove, and that's going to have an impact on the thermostat also. So, um, and you use a lot of water and air conditioning its job is to remove moisture from the air. So if it's near where you're doing your dishes and your dishwasher's running and you've got the steam from the uh, dishwasher cycle coming out, you know, it's adding more That's right. information to the air that will throw off the thermostat. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot going on in the kitchen that you don't want your thermostat to pick up. So that's true. not near the kitchen, not in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last one is not near a, a window or a door. Kind of ties back into the first one with the beam of light. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. You just want that nice kind of buffer zone around the thermostat. And when you put it near a window or a door, you're going to have uh, a greater heat swing um, around those places. And is that an exterior door or any door? In an exterior door. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that does tie into... Uh, the the light beam and then not on an exterior wall, no True. doors, windows. So we've got uh, that list. You can find it rosyonthehouse.com and the quick links. Should you fall into this criteria and you need to move your thermostat, Dave had just started talking about it. You go up into the attic. Um, how do you know it's the thermostat wire yeah. that you're pulling up first? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's typically going to be a, a brown or a white wire. 
Um, but if you pull your thermostat cover plate off, uh, you should have some of that skin still in the back of the hole, and you can see what color it is. You could count how many wires you have. If you're thinking about changing to a smart nest or a Ecobee thermostat, um, you'll need to have a continuous power wire um, so you can make sure you have that um, when you take your cover plate off. But it's it's typically brown, uh, and I've seen some white ones. Take a picture of the wires on how it's hooked up to the thermostat because you'll need to unhook all of those to pull the wire up into the attic before fishing it back down and making sure that the correct wire, because inside, inside that brown wire, there'll be what, five, six, seven more wires mm-hmm. that are all going to have individual colors, yellow, green, blue, and those all connect to different spots on the thermostat. And you've got to make sure those are all connected to the correct location or it's not going to give correct information to the unit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. And um, if you are not able to fish it up, sometimes um, for some reason, the thermostat may be wrapped around a nail or uh, just kind of in a, in a really tight spot, you're not able to push it up. In that case, you'll have to cut the wire uh, and just fish a new one down. But um, we typically leave plenty of slack in the wire to uh, to move it around. And um, That was my next question. How often do you go to move a thermostat and you don't have enough wire to move it to the new location? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, probably less than half, half the time. It's, it's usually free free to move around. So I'd say 30% of the time uh, it's, it's stuck and you have to cut it. Um, and when you're in the attic, if you're looking for the wire and you're not sure, you can always just see where it goes because it's going to be the wire that goes to your mechanical equipment. That's right. Yeah. So you could either you could even start there mm-hmm. and follow it to where it goes into the in attic insulation. Totally. Yeah. You could start at your air handler or furnace, follow that brown wire. It's going to probably be by the return. So you're going to look for a large 16, 18 inch duct and uh, it'll be in that area. Yeah, that's a good way to find it too. Now, you also have on in the article specific placements. So we get the wire out, we drill a new top plate, get it fished back down. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have to cut into the drywall and pull that wire through. Um, you know, sometimes you might need uh, an electrical fish tape to run up or down to, to guide the wire so you can get it uh, correctly. But getting that wire through... Once you have it, um, where am I making that drywall cut to pull it out? Because you have mm-hmm. very specific inches. And I, I, right. I brought the tape measure <laughs> okay. just specific. I've been holding this the whole broadcast because we've got placement here between what? Yeah, we say 52 and 60 inches. So that's four foot four to mm-hmm. five foot. That's right. Yeah. And why is that? I always just assume because that's uh, an easy height for you to just go on and, you know, for, for the average person, you don't have yes. to bend down and squint and look, but there's, there's more to that placement <laughs> than, than just convenience. Yeah. Well, um, you avoid accidental bumps into the thermostat when it's at that height and, um, it's actually sensing the temperature better at that height than, uh, something higher or lower. You get a good mixture at those those heights hot air rises so obviously Mm -hmm. the higher up the warmer it's naturally going to be that's right yes yeah 
You know what's really funny? I'm going to have to check this when I get home. I don't think my thermostat is above 52 inches. I'm going to guess it's probably closer to around 45. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This this just created it to do for me (laughs) to check when I get home. And uh, it meets all the other criteria. Okay. No direct sunlight, not on an exterior wall, not in a hallway. But I don't. I don't think it's up to 52 yeah. inches. It's it's because I have to bend down to change. It. I do, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not tall. <laughs> so once we have that uh, thermostat relocated, mm. um, what difference should we see or notice in the home? Uh, okay, so you'll have uh, ideally less short cycling. So during the hottest part of the day, the AC should run a full hour, um, and it shouldn't turn on as off as much. Um, so with uh, an accurate sensing, um, with the thermostat location, you're going to have less on and off time. Um, and it should be sensing um, more in the room that you spend time in um, rather than in the hallway. So it may run uh, actually less uh, if it's sensing a truer temperature in the house than um you know, in the hallway where it's surrounded by interior walls and uh, probably colder than the rest of the rooms. And again, that short cycling, that on again, off again, on again, off again, uh, if you're just joining the broadcast, that increases uh, your cooling expenses because it costs, it takes more energy to start the compressor than it does to keep it running once it's started. So if it's starting six times in an hour, that's costing you more than if it just started and ran for a full hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, you could go the other extreme also. You know, we've had customers that want their thermostat in, in a bedroom or something because um, they want it colder. They, they want it sensing colder. In those uh, conditions, I'd recommend maybe a, a remote sensor. Uh, it's going to average the temperature out between that room and what the thermostat senses uh, rather than going 100% in one room. Um, where you're kind of, um, you know, stuck on a log after after you move it. And, you know, this whole time we've been talking about this as it relates to one thermostat. But mm. if you've got multiple air conditioning units, you may have more than one thermostat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you have a, a two-story home, you may have uh, one thermostat on the second floor, one on the first floor, and they're going to mix with each other if they're close to that stairwell. Um, so it may be a good idea to kind of move them a, a little bit away from the stairs. Because uh, they don't talk to each other. They're talking to the own air conditioning unit that they are running. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so making sure that they're both uh, working correctly so they complement each other instead of working against each other. You know, the, the thermostat placement could be very crucial. Oh, it's huge. That. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. here with Dave Burns Green ID. We've been talking about thermostat placement in your home and how critical that is to the overall operation of your air conditioning system. If you don't think that's important, just wait a couple more weeks. It's going to (laughs) be the number one most important thing to everybody, especially if it stops working. But you don't care at that point because you're so panicked. You're out of air conditioning. You're miserable. Well, just get a hotel, take your time, make a a right decision because it's going to be a lot cheaper than making a panic decision. I saw a t-shirt 
uh, recently that said fear is not a virtue. That's right. <laughs> I like that. It's a good time to change the thermostat location when you're up in the attic changing the unit. In theory, you could always do it um, whether you're changing your unit or not. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but the $49 energy audit you're offering to uh, homeowners, it is something that's usually $99. And it's usually, and it's something that's only that affordable because if we charged what it cost to run an energy audit, we wouldn't have done as many energy audits uh, or in, throughout the entire state. So it had been subsidized by the utility companies because each utility company has a certain amount of uh, responsibility that they have to making sure they can control the output. They're not adding more uh, power plants. So what we have, even with a growing state, growing businesses, growing homes, we still have to meet that demand. And a big way that energy companies can meet that demand is by making sure that their customers who are using the air conditioning are doing it uh, and electricity, not just air conditioning, but electricity, are doing it as efficiently as possible so that they can continue to offer utilities power mm. to you know, new buildings and new homes that are going up. Uh, you know, I, Every day uh, in the paper, there's a new warehouse coming in somewhere. So what you guys do in an energy audit is you come to a person's home, and in the old days, we'd say, uh, start with your windows. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, get new windows. Then now screen your windows. Okay, what next? Um, well, how about your appliances? Well, an energy audit looks at everything in your home and tells you this is your weakest link. Start by fixing this first. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty in-depth. So we'll go past the windows um, into the ductwork, how it's sized, uh, if there's any leaks on all the registers, or where um, more leaks are coming from. We'll do a, a full attic inspection, um, infrared camera scan in the house, test your room pressures and airflow, and we get a whole picture of how your house is performing. And it's uh, numbers-based, so if you're in good shape, you know we'll tell you that. Uh, if you could use improvements in some areas, we'll give you a whole uh, roadmap of the biggest bang for your buck items, um, or if there are comfort issues, you know, what's it going to take to fix your master bedroom, make that more comfortable? Um, it's, it's tailored to each homeowner and, and how they use the house. Energy consumption is mathematical. It's kilowatt hours, mm. and every appliance uses a certain amount. And then you've got heat gain, which is, you know, you can calculate how much air conditioning you're going to need to counteract that. So it, it really brings in, you know, this new term, that's come up the last decade, building science, mm -hmm. where in the past it was just kind of a guessing game. We hadn't gone that far in developing uh, our techniques to, to energy audits. Because I, I know when I started in this, nobody had even heard of an energy audit 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is relatively new. And, and I love combining the, the building science with the, uh, the conservation aspect. So, um, you know, how you use your house, if we can super cool it and uh, squeeze some more savings out of it. Or if it's all going to be kind of in the attic, you don't see it, um, you don't have to change your lifestyle at all, and that's going to change, you know, your lower your bills and make your house more comfortable. Um, if we could do a combination of those things. Um, 
what's the best combination of those things? That's that's the power of the audit. And I mentioned it last week, but so not to, I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, just to repeat it if you missed it. Uh, the biggest thing nobody ever connects, and I don't know why they don't talk about this more, but energy savings is water savings. It takes a massive amount of water to produce energy. Mm. And by s- reducing your energy consumption, you're saving uh, you, you know, you're also reducing your water usage. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's it's a win-win-win situation. That's one of the reasons why uh, I love what we do. And Green ID, the website, one more time? It's yourgreenid.com. You could book uh, right from our website or give us a call, 602-684-0462. And you're offering that $49 energy audit for Rosie on the House listeners for how long? Just today. Okay, so... No one's in the office, so leave a message today or sign up online today. And come Monday, we'll get in, you know, start getting all the follow-up scheduled. Yep, yeah, we'll get back to you next week. Dave Burns, Green ID, thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Thank you.